Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Get your Bibles out and turn with me, please, to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. I want to just give you... uh, a little bread today. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you guys, worship team, man. Y'all, y'all are so awesome. Amen. Mark chapter 3. I want us to begin uh, at verse 1. And we're going to read down through verse 6. I want to... I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, you can't fix this. You can't fix this. You can't fix this. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there that had a withered hand. And they watched him. Now, it's talking about Jesus entered into the synagogue And there was a man there that had a withered hand. And then verse 2 is talking about the Pharisees and the doubters and, and all those. They watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. And he said unto the man that had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil? to save life or to kill. But they held their peace. And when they had looked around, or when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. The Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for the power of your word. God, we know today that your word needs no help from man. God, it stands alone right by itself. It is fully sufficient to do everything that you said it would do. So, Father, we just release that word today. God, your word, Father, to bring healing, restoration, and salvation today. In the name of Jesus, and we give you praise. Amen. Amen. You can't fix this. If you could fix it, it would already be fixed. If you could deal with it, it would have already been dealt with. And, I, and I'm down here this morning again because I'm, the Lord's kind of taken me out of the, the stomping, slobber, and spitting, and uh, all that. And he said, I want you to get this word into the hearts of men and women. Uh, and so I, I'm going to try to just teach a little bit, okay? <clears throat> Thank you for all that support, brother. <laughs> Amen. Listen, this, <clears throat> this story, this man with a withered hand, 
really we would look at it as a paralyzed hand or paralysis had set in to his hand. Uh, in other words, he had lost the ability to use uh, his hand. Uh, the Bible says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 6 of this same story that it was his right hand uh, that he had lost the use of. In other words, uh, there's, there's a, 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 a fact that says that about 90% of the world's population is right-handed. The other 10% is left-handed. Now, I don't know how many of those that are, that are ambidextrous or whatever you want to call it, but, but 90% of the world's population is right-handed. So how many of you know whatever your dominant hand is, if you get that hand messed up, it messes everything up. Jordan can say amen. Amen. Uh, hold, hold that up, Jordan. Amen. Uh, that's his right hand. His dominant hand. How many of you know that Jordan could testify this morning that when he, when he stuck his finger where it didn't need to go, that it wrecked his world and it messed him up. And, and when you lose the use of a dominant hand, it messes everything in your life up. And that's what this man was facing. He was facing paralysis in that hand. It had withered up. Uh, and that word wither means to die. It, he had lost everything. It was of no good. It was just a dead limb that had withered away. And uh, it affected uh, every area of his life. It affected uh, his home life. It affected his occupation. It affected everything about him was affected. Even down to his, his very health would be affected by this withered up hand. Now here's what the Lord began to deal with me about, uh, about this paralysis or this uh, dead place uh, with this man God began to deal with me and he said there are people that I want you to talk to this morning that there are areas in your life that represent this withered hand there are areas in your life that represent a place that is paralyzed and you are suffering from paralysis it, and it could be that God allows you to experience certain things that will reveal to you that this is a dead place in your life. Sometimes God will take you and allow you to go through certain situations and the emotions of that situation might be anger, it might be frustration, it might be disgust, it might be uh, an attitude that says, I'm going to quit. It might be an attitude that will say, I'm just not going to go back to that church. But God allowed you to go into that, and the, the struggle that you went into brought about an emotion out of you that God said, this is a paralysis in your life. And, and this, this emotion that rose up in you will paralyze you and it will cause you to lose the use of God's presence and his anointing that he wants to work in your life. 
For example, a young, uh, young man or young lady that's got a beautiful voice. Man, they can sing like angels. And, and they can sing, and when they sing, the glory of the Lord just falls down and comes down. But yet, they've got an anger on the inside of them that I can't see and you can't see it, but, but there's an anger there. And they've got this awesome gift. They've got this gift, man, that when they open their mouth and sing, uh, people just are just sitting there like, And it's just such a powerful gift, but yet there's, there's something on the inside that nobody sees, that nobody knows, but they know about it. And, and, uh, and so one day, uh, for example, they're, they're out doing something and, and somebody says something to them maybe in Walmart or somewhere or, or somebody does something uh, to them in the parking lot, gets a parking place or something, and man, when that happens, they fly off the cuff. They lay a cussing. And, a, and, a, and all that on them and just get out there and just, just go slam crazy. They got this awesome gift. They can... I ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> they got this awesome gift. They can sing like an angel. But God allowed a situation to come in their life that would reveal a withered hand. And that withered hand, God said, listen, I want to heal that withered hand because God is not satisfied with you to be a three-legged or a three-limbed person. I started to say he's not satisfied with you to be a three-limbed dog, but, but, but a person, all right? And he will allow these things to come, and that emotion of that, and, and this, this young person just loses it out in the parking lot, and they go crazy, and, and everybody's standing around and watching them, even those that they would sing to on Sunday morning, and, and they're watching so-and-so just lose it and go off in the parking lot and, and cussing and ranting and raving and all of that. You know what happened? That emotion just killed the testimony of that individual. In other words, what they sing about on Sunday morning didn't measure up with what happened in the parking lot. You understand? That's just an example. All right, hopefully you haven't cussed anybody out in the parking lot this week or anything like that, and and you say, well, pastor's picking on me. I'm not picking on anybody, but I'm telling you this morning that this is what the Lord said, that there are people that have got withered, parts in their lives and God said I want to deal with that because I want to make people whole alright so now I want to just just hold on to that because I want you to, to get something else I want you to notice in this story the hostile environment that this man was in this was the synagogue the church Jesus had come in, 
But I want you to notice the environment that was around Jesus and this man with a withered hand. The Bible says in this environment that there were people that were standing there that were watching to see what Jesus would do. They were watching to see how Jesus would react to this man with a withered hand. They knew, listen, you can't, you can't hide character. You can't stop character. Character is going to come out. Character will reveal itself every time. It doesn't matter how you try to hide it. And Jesus' character came out. And Jesus' character came out, and he brought healing to this man. But I'm getting ahead of myself. But, but I want you to understand there was a hostility around them of men and, and people that were, that were not wanting to see the healing. They were not wanting to see a miracle. Listen, I want to tell you this morning that, that your environment, people that are around you, you need to check. Listen, you need to check the people that you are hanging with and the people that are around you on a constant basis and ask yourself the question, are they positive influences in my life or are they negative influences in my life? Are they just leeches that are pulling off of me or are they putting something in my life that's going to be of value? Because those that were surrounding this man that had a need and Jesus that had his answer were people that could care less whether or not he ever got a healing. They could care less if he ever made it through life or not. Just don't get in my way. Don't infringe on what I'm doing. Don't mess up what I'm doing. I don't care about your life. And there are people that are here today. You've got people in your life that are holding you back and hindering you from getting what God wants to give you because they're leeching off of you. They're using you and pulling. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I might be talking to some of you young people or I might be talking to some of you older people. I don't know, but there are people in your life and, and they're not adding to you, but they're pulling away from you. They're sucking you dry of what God has wanted to do in your life. They're pulling you back. And listen, God has got a destiny for your life, but you got those that are pulling you back and saying listen you don't need all that Christian stuff you don't need all that God stuff and all that you need to follow the crowd you need to do like I'm doing and they're draining you of what God is wanting to do in your life listen that's the thing about the Pharisees and, 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 and all of those is that they were religious. They looked good on the outside, but on the inside, they were dead and full of dead men's bones. And this man standing there, can you imagine this? That here he is, he's standing there, and his, old, his hand is all withered up, and he has no use in it. And you would think that most people would say, my goodness, man, run to Jesus because he's able to bring healing to your hand. Run to the master because he will restore and, and bring healing and give you wholeness back but no they were standing there and they were watching and looking across their glasses like that and saying I wonder what he's going to do because the, the, as soon as he makes a move I'm going to accuse him as soon as he makes a move I'm going to tell him what I think about it forget about the teaching let's just preach okay You see, you got to remember, guys, that we are in a hostile culture. 
That's what's going on in our world today. Everybody wants to fix everybody, but nobody wants to deal with the root of the issue. We don't need Jesus in our schools, but we don't want violence in our schools. But I want to tell you this morning that if you don't have Jesus in your school, you're going to have violence. If you don't have Jesus in your home, you're going to have a mess in your home. If you don't get Jesus in your children's life, you're going to have messed up children. So I'm telling you this morning that we need Jesus and we need to realize that there are things that are around us on a daily basis that are robbing us and pulling at us and tearing down that Jesus idea and that Jesus culture and that Jesus mindset and mentality understand this the devil would like nothing more than to keep you like the hamster in the wheel just keep on running you're not getting anywhere you're not going anywhere you're not accomplishing anything, but you're just spinning your wheel. You're just spinning your wheel. And that's what all that environment around uh, Jesus and this man was, was acting like. Amen. Listen, if you do a study of the miracles that Jesus performed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will find that many of those miracles were done in a hostile environment. There were people that were not believers. There were people there that were mocking. There were people there that were trying to stop. Even the disciples at times tried to stop some of the most awesome miracles that took place. So understand the environment that you're around and recognize what Jesus, how Jesus felt about the environment that he found himself in. The Bible says in uh, verse 5 of Mark chapter 3 that Jesus was angered because he saw the hardness of people's hearts. And he was angered by that. Listen, the Bible says in the last days, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, Timothy said this, but understand this, that in the last days, everybody say last days. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Now, he wasn't talking to lost people. He was talking to, to, to Christian people. There's going to come times of difficulty. In verse 2, he said for people, talking about those outside, will be lovers of self, lovers of money. They will be proud. They will be arrogant. They will be abusive. They will be disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, heartless, no heart, heartless. Think about it, guys. What is it, when is that describing? That's not describing... 2,000 years ago. That's describing right now. They'll be heartless. They'll be unappeasable. They're, you can't satisfy them. 
I want to tell you this morning, some, somebody in here this morning, you have worked and worked and worked trying to satisfy a situation, and, and it hasn't worked. If you could fix it, it would be already fixed, but you can't fix it, so you need to turn it over to the Lord today. Because what you're trying to do is draining you of your energy. It's draining you of your peace. You're not sleeping at night. You're laying in bed worrying about how you can fix this or how you can deal with that. And God is telling you right now, you need to lay it at the altar and walk away from it and allow him to do it because he can do more in one second in those individuals' lives than you can worry about fixing for years. I said years, years. Yours for some of y'all. Yours. They will be slanderous. They will be without self-control. They will be brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Paul sent Timothy that letter, and he said, Son, let me tell you, this is what it's going to be like in the last days. We're seeing that right now. We're seeing that right now. But can I tell you something? That's what Paul said was going to take place in the world in the last days. But let me share something. In the book of uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 17, let me tell you what God said. (laughs) What God said I'm going to do in the last days. God said that in the last days it will come to pass that I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he said, your sons and daughters are prophesy. Your old men are going to dream dreams and your young men are going to see visions. He said, I'm going to pour out of my spirit in that day upon my handmaids and all that. And he said, I'm going to release. Listen, the world in the last day is going to go crazy. They're going to lose their mind. But God said in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm going to receive that that's going to come down from heaven. I'm not going to accept that that's coming out of hell but I'm going to accept that that's coming out of heaven and in the last days I'm going to be a part of that pouring out and receive what the Father is pouring out in the last days I will pour out of my spirit saith the Lord on all flesh and my sons and daughters these are my sons and daughters and you're going to prophesy you're going to dream dreams Uh, he's going to pour out his spirit on my handmaids and all of that that's what I'm believing And I recognize this morning that I'm surrounded by a hostile environment that would try to rob me and tell me uh, I'm surrounded by the Joy Behars on, on TV that would mock and say that God is no good, that would mock and say that our vice president was mentally ill because he was a Christian or something like that. I'm tired of what the view would say. I could care less about their view of things. I've got a view that says that God God is real and I believe that and I'm surrounded by that environment but I recognize this morning that my God is greater, my God is able and I believe today that his word will come to pass. And yes, I get so aggravated sometimes I like to go up and thump people on the head. But I want to tell you something. You've got to realize the environment that you're in. And you're not battling against people. 
You're not battling against the flesh and blood, but you're battling against the powers and principalities of evil that are in present in our culture. I, I'm, a, I'm amazed at how people will talk about how bad things are and how much hate is in the world, but yet they want to run Jesus out of the school. They want to run Jesus out of the public places. And Jesus is love. That shows you, that one thing shows you how the enemy has deceived this culture. All right, now listen. What Paul said to Timothy doesn't need to affect us. But what God said that was going to happen in the last days in Acts 2.17 needs to infect us. I need to be infected with the anointing of God's presence. I need, listen, pull yourself into Jesus. And I can assure you that if you do that, you will never go lacking. Amen. All right, I'm fixing to close. Even though you can't fix the paralysis, you can stretch it forth. I want you to notice something. Jesus gave a command. And that command was this. In verse 5, Jesus said to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. Stretch forth thine hand. That was a command. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we talked about that that the pure in heart was the command or the pure in heart was that that led up to seeing God, that if there wasn't any purity of heart, there would be no seeing God coming into his presence, experiencing his blessings, and walking in his favor. Remember that? Jesus gave this man a command. He said, stretch forth thine hand. In other words, take a step of faith. Step out in faith. In other words, do something that you've not done before. Stretch forth thine hand. Listen, the reason so many times that our paralysis in our heart and even outside of our heart is not dealt with is because we fail in the area of stepping out in faith, of stretching forth. Jesus, what Jesus said is this, I want you to expose your paralysis. Think about it. Jesus said, I want you to expose your paralysis. Standing there in the middle of all that hostile environment, Jesus said, stretch it forth because I want people to see it. And I can imagine, probably look something, he stretched it forth like that. See, there comes a time, ladies and gentlemen, listen, everything about Christianity, I don't care how you've been taught, I don't care how you've been religionized, and that's not really a word, but I just developed it. I think it's pretty good. I don't, but it doesn't matter how you've been religionized or all that. The bottom line to it is that everything about Christianity, everything about relationship with God, is based upon walking it out.
you have to walk it out. You have to work it out. And if you're not willing to expose your withered hand, then God can never do a miracle in your life. All right. Jesus said, stretch forth thine hand, the command. Now look at the response. The response was, he stretched it. The Bible says in Mark, he stretched it out. In other words, he extended that thing out. said, here, look at it. Here it is. All messed up. Here I am. All messed up. Here I am, all my mess. Here I am, Jesus, all my struggle. Here I am, Jesus, all my messed up heart, my messed up thinking, my messed up mind, my, my temper, my attitude, my, my, I, I, my marriage, I'm stretching it out here. Don't care who sees it. Don't care what you think about it. Doesn't matter. You know, it just doesn't matter. Here it is. Listen, when you do that, you become a candidate for a miraculous working of God to take place in your life. God can never heal you of your depression until you stretch it out to him. God can never heal you. He can never restore your marriage, sir, until you stretch it out to God and say, Lord, I have gone my limit and I'm stretching this thing out before you right now. God can never break that addiction in your life until you stretch it out and say, I have done everything I can do. I've tried every way I can and it's beating me all the time and now I'm stretching it out saying, God, here it is. Listen. James chapter two and I'm fixing to close. James chapter two and verse 26 talks about first the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead. If I were to ask you this morning, do you believe that God is able to heal my withered hand? Do you believe that God is able to heal your withered hand? And I were to ask you that question, most all of you in here today, you've already, as I was asking that question, you already shook your head like that. That means that you agree. That means that you believe, yes, I believe that God can heal this withered hand. But what if I told you, yes, I believe God can heal my withered hand, but you don't see my withered hand. I believe God's able to bring healing to my withered hand. Pastor, we didn't know you had a withered hand. Nobody knows I got a withered hand. I'm not telling you to expose your business to people, guys. All right? I'm not telling you to get up here and say, uh, tell your wife, you know, I'm sorry I've been cheating on you, baby, or something like that. I'm not telling you to do that. Use wisdom, okay? All right, we want to heal you. We don't want to have to fix what your wife does to you when you say something like that, okay? We, we want to bring healing to you. I'm telling you, be real with God. 
be real with God because I'm holding my hand under my shirt and I'm covering it up from everybody and everything. And listen, if I hide it from you, more than likely it's hidden from God. So if, if I say I believe that God's able and I continue to hide my paralysis, then my faith is not stepping in to the knot of my head. My faith is not acting on what I've heard. So what I'm saying today is, guys, you've got to act on what you've heard. And James said, just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So if you want your paralysis to be healed, you first got to hear the command from Jesus, and then you've got to respond by stretching it out. And as you begin to pray, as you begin to pray about these areas, God will begin to bring healing. As you begin to confess these things before God, God will begin to bring healing into your life. And before you know it, you'll be like the man that had the withered hand. I thought it's amazing how that God uh, worked and this man came in with a withered hand, but he left without it. You see, and that's the way God works in our lives. If we'll give it to him, if we're willing to be obedient to him and trust him, and believe his word, he will bring healing into our lives. So I don't know where your paralysis is. Maybe, maybe you're like the two kids in the back seat of the car. And the parents are driving down the road. And one of them looks over and touches his sister with the tip of his finger. And his sister says, Mom, he's touching me. Maybe you're just testy. Maybe every, every time somebody touches you wrong, you say, Mom, he touched me. I don't know where he is. But let me tell you something this morning. God is wanting to bring healing. God wants you to be whole. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be whole in your mind. He don't want you to be a victim of your past. Listen, you might have had a messed up childhood, but God doesn't want you to be a messed up individual. God wants to bring healing. He wants to take where you've been and make that a testimony of who, how good he is. So I want to challenge you this morning. Stretch it forth, guys. Stretch it forth. Would you stand with me? So we're going to do something this morning, and, and I'm going to close, but I want to do something because <clears throat> I believe <clears throat> I believe in what takes place in our heart will always lead up to our hands and our feet doing something.
If your heart makes a move, it will cause your hands and feet to make a move. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to do your hand like this. Now what does that represent in your life? Does that represent maybe an anger? Does it represent maybe a, uh, a rejection? Does it represent insecurity? Does it represent your relationship? What does it represent in your life? As you think about that, I want you to, I want you to do this. I want you to stretch it out. See, perhaps some of you were okay with it right here. But when I said stretch it out, you said, I don't know. See, that's what I'm talking about. You got to stretch it out. You got to get it out there. And so what you did today is you stretched that attitude out. You say, God, you see my attitude? God, you see my insecurity? I'm stretching it out to you. The Bible says this, that when that man stretched forth his hand, that it was immediately, immediately made whole. Hallelujah. Immediately. You know why? Because he stretched it out based upon what God's word had said. He stretched it out because of the command of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he obeyed that command, immediately. So practice that this week. Put that into practice in your life. And I, I, I guarantee you, it'll change your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we love you today. We thank you, God, this morning that, Father that you've given us your word, and your word is creative. God, your word is life-giving. So, Father, today, God, we just we take your word as your word. And, Father, God, this morning you see that there are areas in our lives. God, our minds, our attitudes, our thoughts, Father, relational issues, all kind of addictions and things like that. Father, we stretch them out to you today. And, Father, we're believing this morning that, Father, as we do that, God, that whether we do it in our bedroom, whether we do it in our prayer closet, whether we do it in our vehicles going down the road, Father, we believe that as we do that, Holy Spirit, you are going to begin to work and move in our lives. And, God, because you're going to make us whole. We're all messed up, Father, but I thank you that you came to give us life and abundant life, Father. And we thank you for it this morning in the name of of Jesus. And everybody in agreement say yes. yes. Hallelujah. God bless you.